Blog Talk Radio. We know that quality care for your most precious gift is your highest priority. Worry no more. The Children's School offers early childhood education that counts. We provide a variety of learning activities to enable all of our children to grow and learn at their own pace. We ensure that quality attention is offered to every child. The Children's School provides a stable, fun, and safe learning environment for your child. Located in the Germantown section of Philadelphia, we accept children 6 weeks through 5 years of age. We are open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Call us today for a visit at 215-991-1767 or email us at childrenschool.phl at gmail.com. Love Talk Radio. Thirty-one questions for the Mukmanoon. Have you ever cried as of sins you have committed? Inshallah. The Shaitan ever make you feel like the past can't be repented? Yes. Do you really love Allah, or just words that you utter? Allah. Do you feel like your innocence has been drained by the gutter? Can you love sooner and still love to backbite? No. How many days you woke up Muslim and Kafir by night? Allahu Akbar. If you was on trial for being Mukmin, would they have enough evidence to convict you? If you die right now, how long would it take for the Ummah to forget you? Allahu Akbar. Can you answer the questions in the grave, or do you have to study for that test? Allah, I hope so. And what will be the words you utter at the moment of your last breath? What are you prepared to sacrifice for the sunnah? Did you ever take part in spreading the vicious rumor? If so, how far did it go? How many people really know? On the day of judgment, how many mukmans you going to host? Why are you the last of Juma? And the first to leave. Is that an indication of how much you really believe? Why do you say things out of your mouth that's not in your heart? Don't you know Mukmans live in the light and Kufars live in the dark? How can a month go by and you miss every salat? Where is your desire? Ah, you show for the fire. Muslims and Muslims, fill the Lord from a hopeful dreamer. Uh, it's either heaven or hell. My beat or the Dajjal. Allah or Shaitan. Fly girl novels or ayahs of the Holy Quran. Standing on street corners at the end of the block. Or at the masjid making salat. You can either listen or turn your head. Because this earth is a paradise for the grateful dead. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Inna lil-muttaqeena mafaza. 
حدائك واعنابا وكوائب اترابا وكاسا دحاقا لا يسمعون فيها لغوا ولا كذابا جزاء من ربك عطاء حسابا رب السماوات والارض وما بينهما الرحمن لا يملكون منه خطابا Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam. Brother, you heard the Dean over Dunya show? Dean over Dunya. That sounds familiar. Wait, hold on. Let me think. Dean over Dunya. Dean over Dunya. Yeah. Dean over Dunya show. Y'all heard about that joint? My man hosts that joint. Safe or hot? Mashallah. Mashallah. So you like the joint? I love it. What's your name? Noah. And what they listen to? Dean over Dunya. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam. Dean over Dunya. Dean over Dunya. Dean over Dunya. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm your host, Sifu Haq, and you're listening to the Dean of Dunya show, the number one Islamic radio show in America, alhamdulillah. Before we begin, like always, brothers and sisters, we want to start off this show by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and send a salawat upon his nabi, the Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And alhamdulillah, nasta'inuhu wa nasta'firuhu wa na'udhu wallahi min shuruhi nufusana wa min sari'a li ma'lana mayyadihi allahu fala mabdillana wa min yaqla fala hadiyala wa yashadu wa la ilaha illallah wa akdihu la shuriqa la before I begin, I'd like to say all praise belongs to Allah. We seek His aid, we seek His guidance, we seek His help. We seek refuge in Allah from Shaitan and His minions, and we seek refuge in Allah from Shaitan. And the footprints of Shaitan that will lead us to hell for now. And we ask Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, to forgive us for our sins, our faults, and our errors. And whoever Allah guides, none can lead astray. And whoever Allah leads you straight, nice and guide, and I bear witness without any hesitation, any compulsion, that is no God but Allah. Allah. And I bear witness that the Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is his last prophet and the messenger. As what follows, tonight's show is called uh, 73 Types of Muslims, and all will be in hellfire except for one. Um, you know, I usually talk about this topic at least once or twice a year, inshallah. So this would be the first time this year I discuss this topic because this this issue seems to be a dividing a lot of Muslims in the Ummah. Mashallah. The Prophet Sallallahu related this hadith in order to keep the Muslims together, in order to keep the Muslims on a straight path, on a sadaq. But... It's amazing how a lot of Muslims use this hadith in order to divide from the Ummah. It's amazing how we take hadith that the Messenger of Allah relayed to us in order to keep us united, but we separate from the same hadith that he meant, and he, his desire was to keep us united. MashaAllah. Brothers and sisters, most of you, all of you, are familiar with the hadith. When the Messenger of Allah, so they said that the Christians and the Jews 
they would divide into 72 sects, and all of them would be in hellfire except for one. And the Ummah of Muhammad, sallallahu would divide into 73 sects, and all of them would be in hellfire except for one. And the Sahaba asked the Messenger of Allah, which, which, what is the, the group that would be the safe sect? And he said, the Sawaru Adam, the overwhelming majority of body of Muslims, the Jama'at. He said, stick to them. Because what he's implying that the the overwhelming the overwhelming majority of Muslims are the guided ones. They are the guided. Right now, Islam is divided into a few sects. You have the Shiite, you have the Southern Sia, and you have the Sunnis. And um the Sunnis make up maybe eighty percent of the religion of Islam. So they are the overwhelming majority. And it has always been the overwhelming majority of Muslims. It has always been the right to guide it. The Akhmasunna with Jamaat. MashaAllah. And for 1400 years, this has been the case. And this is what we have to understand. That the safe sect of Muslims is the ones that is the largest group. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wouldn't make a religion that the safe sect of Muslims would be the minority. That wouldn't, that's not consistent with the Sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Ummah of Muhammad is half the inhabitants of paradise. So you have to understand, if the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu is half the inhabitants of paradise, out of all of the people that will go to the paradise, the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu is the, is the is half. So how can the safe sect be the minority when the half of the the inhabitants of paradise is the Ummah of Muhammad. That wouldn't make sense. In the book called uh, Aqidah Tahawiyah, uh, compiled by uh, Ibn Ibn uh, Ibn Tahawi, he said that on the day of judgment, the Messenger of Allah will have a khalsa. He will have a river that the believers would drink from. And he said that the, the the silverware, like the cups and utensils of this river, is more than the stars in the lower heaven. So we know for a fact that there are billions and billions and billions of stars in the lower heaven. And he said that the silverware and the cothar that the believers would drink from is more than the stars in the lower heaven. So that means that on the day of judgment, there will be people who will try to drink from the river, from the coffin of the Messenger of Allah, and the angels will stop them and put a barrier between them and Muhammad. He says, this is my ummah. And they says, no, they have innovated. Um, they have um, did things that you don't know what they have done. So those people will be a minority. They won't be a majority of people who have innovated. It will be a minority because the silverware that people who do drink will be the overwhelming majority of Muslims. <laughs> this is what we have to understand. The same sect of Muslims is not the minority. It's always going to be a majority. When you make Hajj, there are about 4 million Muslims on Hajj, and the, the majority of them are Akhma Sunnah wa Jamaat. They are Sunni Muslims, right? In the time of the Salaf, right? In the time of the Salaf, that's the first 300 years of Islam. And I want the Muslims that's listening to take notes, to, 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 to do your research, check history to see if these things are accurate. 
in the first 300 years of Islam, the Messenger of Allah sort of some said that he said the best generation is my generation, meaning that him, Abu Bakr, um, Umar ibn al-Khattab, Uthman ibn al-Fan, Ali ibn al-Fan, and the rest of the Sahabas in his era. He said the best generation is my my generation, and then the Tabi'in, I mean that the generation after them, and then the Tabi Tabi'in, and then he stopped. So those three generations are the best three generations in the planet Earth in the in the history of the, in the population of the Earth. Why? Because the Messenger of Allah so that some of them said it, so we believe it because we believe that he's not a liar. So we believe what he told us, everything that he tells us. So in the first 300 years at the time that they called the Salaf, the Salaf is a time period. I want you to understand. The Salaf is not a people. The Salaf is a time period. Salaf means predecessors. There's a time period where the most righteous Muslims live. Okay? They have uh, codified rules and regulations for us to follow in order to become productive, um, productive human beings, productive Muslims. Meaning that, put it like this. Let's say that the Salaf came up with a curriculum in, in order for the students to learn. But like when you go to a school district in a school building, uh, your, your, your counselor have your roster. The roster have classes. Each class has a curriculum that they have to teach the students. The ninth grade students have a, a curriculum that they learn from the the, the, uh, the school board. The tenth grade students have a curriculum that they are learning from the school board, and they do not deviate from this curriculum. Okay, the 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 Salaf have codified it. They have uh, developed a curriculum of Islam that we should follow so that we wouldn't go astray. Right, and these four schools have been unanimously agreed upon by all of the scholars on the planet Earth. You have the the Maliki methodologies. That's the school. That's not like a a person is a person who invented the principles of the school, but the school itself. Thousands of scholars have added on and took some off in order to perfect the school. Then you have the Shafi'i school. He invented the methodology of how to apply the Sunnah. But there are thousands of scholars who added on and subtracted after him because time changes. When time changes, you have to come up with new rulings. Then you have the handballing school, and the same thing with them. And then you have the, uh, the, the, the Hanafi school, the same thing with them. Now, in the time of the Salaf, there was about eight schools that, that came up with their methodology in order and, and, and to show Muslims how to apply the Sunnah. There were eight methodologies right around that. But... Eight of, four of those methodologies of how to apply Quran and Sunnah died off. And the four that remained that was agreed upon by the ulama were the, the, the four schools of law. Meaning that these, these, when you go to an Islamic court in Saudi Arabia, if you're in Mecca and Medina right now, and you go to a divorce court, and you go to Saudi Arabia inside of the court system, they're going to have one of these laws that they're going to apply the ruling in the hukum of your, your marriage on or your hudud on. One of these four schools of law, because that's like when you go down City Hall in Philadelphia, they have a, a law, they have a law book, the judge study law, and he's going to apply the law according to the books that he read and studied from, and this is the law of America, meaning it's like you have capital punishment, you have like, like if you get caught with a gun, the minimum that you want to serve in prison is like five years. This is the law. This is codified, you know, just like Islam has its own law. And, and it has four sets of laws. You have the Maliki law, the Shafi'i law, 
the ha- the Hanbali law and the Hanafi law. This is this has been established in the time of the Salaf. Right? This is not something that that the Salaf didn't do. In the time of the Salaf, there were people who called themselves Maliki. I followed this school of law. There were people who called themselves Shafi. I followed this school of law. So from the time of the Salaf to right now in 2016, these schools have been maintained. And they have been divinely guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? Divinely guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you go to an Islamic court, if you're not following one of these laws, then you're not going to be, they're not going to talk to you. Your, your argument is not going to be heard. Just like if the judge goes to City Hall and he's not applying the law that America has come together in the Constitution, then he's not going to be listening. He's no longer going to be a judge. He has to follow these rules and guidelines that the system has set up. We can't go outside of that. This is very serious, very serious stuff. It's like Islamic, according to the Sharia, if a person steals something worth more than $15, then he has his hands chopped off. Because according to Islamic law, if you're stealing food to feed your family, then you don't need more than $15 worth of food in order to feed your family. Because if you're stealing $15, according to the Islamic law, this is out of necessity. You're only taking what you need in order to feed your family. You're not stealing a whole uh, section of, of hot dogs. You know what I'm saying? You go to ShopRite, and you stole the entire section of Oscar Mayer hot dogs. Now, you just sold $300 worth of food and say, well, I need to feed my family. No, you, you stole $15 worth of food. That'll feed your family for the night, and you're good. They won't cut your hand off because out of necessity to eat, to survive that night, that day, you're only stealing what you need. You're not stealing in, in, in excess. Okay, this is Islamic law. And if you don't know this, then you're going to be very ignorant of a lot of things. Very ignorant of a lot of things. If you study Islamic history, right, I want you to go tonight or any night of the week, go to Islamic history, right, and you will see what law that Muslim followed because it will be attached to his his last name. Like you will see Ahmed Baghdadi, uh, Maliki, or Ahmed um, Baghdadi uh, Hanafi, or Ahmed Baghdadi or Shafi'i, or Ahmed Baghdadi or uh, 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 Hanbali, meaning that he followed the Hanbali principles of law when it comes to Islam. Because each school has different methodologies how it applies Quran and Sunnah. And all four of those schools are permissible. They're all halal. They all lead you to Jannah. Now, if you don't follow one of those schools, then you're going to be in danger of doing something that goes against the Quran and the Sunnah of the Ismail of the scholars. Because you're doing your own thing. You're doing your own thing. You see, when a when a when a when a uh, when a scholar gives a fatwa, he gives a fatwa based on the school of law that he follows. For an example, right in a Shafi'i school. Right in a Shafi'i school, it's not permissible to buy something that you don't know what you're buying. What do I mean by that? Like this is like the Shafi'i school is, is extremely strict to certain things. For example, they say that uh, you can't buy a can of beans because 
you don't know if it's beans actually in that can or not. You have to know what you're buying. You see what I'm saying? That label is not sufficient enough to tell you that it's beans in that can. So you have to know what you're buying because you're giving your money because in their school they're strict. Because when you give your money, now this 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 law is outdated, but I'm telling you there are certain people who follow this law to the letter. Okay, this law is outdated because it's been changed by scholars in the contemporary area. Because in their time, uh, they didn't have canned beans. And Iman Shafi invented this principle when he came up with this principle. They didn't have beans, canned beans, to in order to save uh, the, the 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 food to make it last longer. You know, at his time they had like you had a, a a sack of beans. So he had to open the sack physically and see the beans inside of the sack. And that's where he can make the transaction of buying and selling. Because it's not permissible for me to sell you if I don't know what I'm buying in, the, in, the, in, that, in that law. You, you see what I'm saying? See, these, these things are, are is every situation in our life have a ruling attached to it. Every situation that we do, everything that we do, one of the it's our job to ask the people of knowledge, you know, basically uh, what it is that we that we follow. Like when you Muslim, you have to follow one of these laws. You can't just be aimless, running through the streets and not know what you're doing. You have to ask a person of knowledge who follow one of these laws so they can tell you how to do things. This is this is very serious. Because when the law asks you, who told you to do that? The scholars unanimously, like, now listen, I want you to understand the Prophet Muhammad said that. Hey, all of this, all of the major scholars in the world right now come together and say this is halal or this is haram, then that's law. Because you see, all of the scholars would never agree upon an error. That is a nitma from a law that all of the scholars would never agree upon an error. If something is wrong, it's impossible to give all of the scholars to come together and agree upon error because there's too much knowledge in that circle for them all to be led astray. That is a mercy from the law. So you have the Quran, the Sunnah, and the Ishma. The Ishma is the unanimous, unanimously agreement of the scholars. Okay? So we have to follow that. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. You know, like, for instance, cigarettes is haram. Why? Because cigarettes causes cancer, and cancers cause death. So Allah says, don't bring forth your destruction by your own hands. Don't commit suicide. And even though cigarettes don't cause suicide immediately, it causes suicide long term. So the fact that it causes death, you can't drink it. You can't. Uh, smoke them. It's haram to smoke. Now, there was a time when cigarettes was met group because they didn't know in the time of the sale of the cigarettes caused cancer. There wasn't no knowledge on that. But when the scholars uh, found out that it causes knowledge, then they got together and said cigarettes is haram. Why? Because it caused cancer. They all agree upon that. You can't, you can't like run away from that. So since the time of the sale of you had people who follow, like, for example, 
we all know Sari Bakari, right? Iman um Iman Sari Bakari, he compiled uh nine nine thousand hadiths in Sari Bakari. He memorized about a half a million hadiths. He came up with about thirty thousand of them that he considered to be Sahih. He only put nine thousand in the sets in, in, in the whole volume of Sari Bakari. It's only about nine thousand hadiths. And a lot of those hadiths are, are repetitive. That they repeat themselves in different ways, but they say the same thing. Now, Bukhari was a Shafi'i. Then you got Iman Muslim. So he Muslim. He was the Shafi'i. Matter of fact, all six books of hadiths were Shafi'i of Ibn Majah, Shafi'i. You have um, um, Iman Termidi was a Shafi'i. You had uh, Ibn Kathir was a Shafi'i. They follow the Shafi'i school of law when it comes to fiqh. You can't get around that. Every Muslim for 1,400 years follow a, a school of thought. Every scholar for 1,400 years follow the school of thought. Ibn Taymiyyah, he was a handbrawly. You can't get around that. There's nothing you can do. You can't go to, you can't be a judge in the court system if you don't follow the American traditional system. It's not going to happen if you don't follow the Constitution. It's not going to happen. Because in order to go to law school, you're going to learn from the, the Declaration of Independence. You're going to learn from the Constitution. You're going to learn from the 13th Amendment. You're going to learn from these things. You can't get out of law school unless you know these things. You're going to learn from Brown versus the Board of Education. That schools need to be segregated. Whites can go to black schools and things like that. That's Brown versus the Board of Education. You're going to learn these things in, in, in law school. You're going to learn... Uh, insurance fraud. You're going to learn these things. These, 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 you cannot become a lawyer unless you learn it. So in Islam, you cannot become a scholar unless you learn one of those four schools of thought, one of those four schools of law. Simple. Now, many of us, we're laymen, right? What we should do is we should follow a law, a school of law, that we're going to practice our Islam by. You know, if you're going to be a Maliki, then you have to study Maliki fiqh. You know, Maliki, they do certain things a certain way, different from Shafi'is. If you're going to be a Shafi'i, most Africans follow the Maliki school of law. If you go to, so if you go to Africa, most Malikis follow that. If you go to uh, a place like uh, Afghanistan, a lot of them are, are, are Shafi'is. If you go to a place like um, uh, China, a lot of them are Hanafis. You know, you go to this place like Saudi Arabia, a lot of them are hand bodies. This is a reality that a lot of us don't even know. We don't even understand. We don't even understand. We think that it's time to, you know, we can do whatever we want to do. No, it's a, it's a system. It's like the human child in America, it is, a, it is the law of America that you go to a, a school and you learn your ABCs. And you learn your one, two, threes, and you learn the uh the, the how to write in cursive, and you learn how to print. You know, children don't even write in cursive no more. That's not part of the the curriculum in schools that teach kids how to write in cursive. That's amazing. You ever think about that? Kids don't write in cursive no more because it's not part of the curriculum. They change that. They only print because they figure most people don't understand cursive anyway, so they they took it out the curriculum of the school board. Ask your child. So they know how to write cursive. When I was young, I learned how to write cursive. I had to. It was not an option. Now they don't even have that in the, in the curriculum anymore. But that was a side note, just a little rant. But at the end, 
be a child, you are obligated to go to school to learn how to add and learn how to multiply, learn how to basically these are the tools of life and how to survive. When you're a Muslim, you are obligated to learn one of these four schools of law. You want to learn how to pray, then you need to go to a, 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 a prescribed prayer that's codified and solidified and and approved by one of these scholars. Simple. And then you'll be cool. You know, the, the, what I advise people to do, go to Amazon.com. There's a book called The Handbook on Islam by um, Sheikh Uthman Afodio. It's a, it's a money green book with gold trimming on it. It's called Handbook on Islam, and it teaches you about your salat, teaches you about the, uh, your shahada, teaches you about Ramadan, teaches you basically the basically the five pillars of Islam. And then it goes into uh, other stuff like far as diseases of the heart, like pride, envy, gluttony, you know, things like that. It teaches you the basic fundamentals of how to survive as a Muslim. So what you should do is I advise you to get a scholar, get a teacher, to show you, uh, uh, the, the, to unlock the book for you, to show you what Islam is, and to guide you on on that particular uh, book, to teach you the obligatory knowledge of Islam. But if you're not going to do that, then you should go online and find a class that teaches you uh, Maliki Fiqh, a class that teaches you Hanbali Fiqh. Actually, if, if you go to um, iTunes, I have shows that I did about 2012. On the on the on the radio, and he was teaching from the Risala, uh, Risala every day, Maliki uh, uh, And you can get that book, and you can go along with him what he was teaching. Is I think he went through the whole book on the voodoo, salat, uh, gusul, you know, things like that from A to Z. You know, it's very important that you learn these things because you're obligated to learn your prayer. You may think you know how to pray, but there are things in prayer that's technical that you may not know. Like there are things in prayer that is obligatory, that if you don't do these things, your prayer is not valid. Like, for example, before you enter the prayer, you put your hands up to your head or your shoulder, and you say, Allahu Akbar. And then you put your hands across your chest or over your navel or by your side. If you don't say Allahu Akbar when you enter your prayer, your prayer is not valid. Because that's an obligatory part of the prayer. Then you have some things of the prayer that's sooner parts of the prayer. Meaning that if you didn't do these things, then your prayer is still valid. If you didn't do these things, then your prayer is still valid. You see what I'm saying? So you have to learn parts of the prayer like uh, if you're making salat and you forget what rock out you on because you're thinking about cooking dinner, you're thinking about all these other things and you forgot what rock out you on, then you have to know how to make corrections to that prayer. How do you make corrections to that prayer? You have to learn that. That's obligatory knowledge because you pray every day, right? So therefore, you have to learn everything about this a lot. I'm just telling you that this is basic Islam 101. And a lot of people run around saying that there's 73 sects, and they don't understand that the majority of Islam is the overwhelming majority. And those 73 sects are little groups that spun off like the five percenters, we're not five percenters, like the nation of Islam, like all of these are little sects of Islam. They're not Muslim, they're Kufar. 
but they call themselves Muslims, so they're sect of Islam. They're not the Akhma Sunnah with Jamaat. They don't have traditional knowledge, traditional teachings, and roots going back to the message of Allah. So that's all. But this is something that we should we should think about. That we should, you know, come to the conclusion that we are laymen. And we need to stop acting like scholars. We need to stop acting like we know everything. We need to submit ourselves and go to a scholar, a genuine scholar, or go online and learn how to recite the Quran properly with Tajweed. We need to learn Adin. We need to learn brotherhood, learn how the disease of the heart works. We need to learn the school of law. And each school of law have uh, uh, everything that you need from A to Z. On top of the school of law, you have something called uh, tariqas. A tariqa is like is the spiritual path of Islam. Most people don't even know what a tariqa is. You know, it's a way to gain closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then on top of tariqas, you have something called uh, uh, a school of thought when it comes to the aqidah. You have three things. You have the school of fiqh. You have the school, you have the tariqas, and then you have the school of fiqh when it comes to uh, what you what we believe as Muslims. You have the Asharis, and you have the Madridis, and then you have the uh, the the, the Hanbaliya. These are schools of, of belief. Schools of belief. This, this is the Athariya, the my bad, the Athariya. These are schools of belief, what we believe as Muslims. Imam Tahawi wrote a book called Al-Aqidah Tahawi. It's about 105 things. And tell you what people what we believe as Muslims. Like number one, we believe that there's no God but Allah. Number two, we believe that Allah is one, not in like one and two, three and four. We believe that He's in one, but He's the only one. There's no two. He's the one, God. Things like that. We're supposed to read these books so we can understand what we believe. Like for example, like number thirty-three says, we believe that the Prophet Muhammad was Captain Nabi. He was the seal of the prophets. There was no more. There will be no more prophets after him. And anyone claim prophecy after him is a, is a, is a kufar. And that's, that takes the Ahmadiyya movement right out of there because they have Ghulam Ahmad who claimed to be the prophet after the message of Allah. So he's a kufar. And anyone who believes in him have left Islam. This is very serious to believe. You have to know these things because you may come across something, you may think somebody Muslim and they're not. One of the stores in, in, in Philadelphia that a lot of Muslims go to is called um, it's the Islamic Place, right? If you go in there, they look like Muslims, they sell Muslim merchandise, but they are not Muslim. They are Ahmadiyya. They believe in a prophet that came after the Prophet Muhammad named Ghulam Ahmad, who was born in like the 1700s. Th this individual had a lot of followers. This is very serious. People need to know these things. But see, you need to know what your Islam is and what is traditional Islam in order to know what not is what is not Islam. You need to know that because if you know what true Islam is, then you know what not Islam. You need to know what you're supposed to believe as a Muslim. How you're supposed to believe as a Muslim. This is very serious. But if you don't even know that you're supposed to know these things, then you're going to remain ignorant. So you have to follow a school of law. And Allah Allah Alam, we will get better, inshallah. But, um, inshallah, I'm going to end the show. Inshallah, we will uh, come back tomorrow. 
We will have part two of uh, the 73 sects. We will get into different aspects of, of, of the 73 sects and why the Prophet said that, but I just wanted to do a little introduction today because we're having a major problem with people keep quoting the hadith and not knowing what they're saying. Like, there's like really a lot of sects of Muslims out here like that, and they're not. The overwhelming majority of Muslims are the Ahmed Sunni Jamaat, the Sunni Muslims. And, and, and the laws that they follow in order to make up, you know, because there's different ways to, to practice Islam. There's not just one particular way, there's different ways. You have some Muslims that hold their hand on their chest when they make salat. Some Muslims hold their hands on their navel when they make salat. Some Muslims hold their hands by their side. And all of them are are are, are permissible. And all of them are ways that the Prophet Muhammad was seen praying like. So, but if you don't know these things, then you're going to think these things are foreign to you. You're going to wind up causing mischief and, 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 and anarchy. But, mashallah. But, mashallah. We will take a quick commercial break, inshallah. And um, we'll be right back. Assalamu alaikum. This is your brother, Saifu Haq, inviting all my brothers and sisters to go check out the Dana Vaduga movie. Now available on Vimeo On Demand. That's V I M E O On Demand for $9.99. And you can also get it on Amazon Instant Video. Inshallah, go to Google and type in Vimeo On Demand. Or you can go to Amazon Instant Video. Inshallah, the Islamic movie of the year. Please support me. Check it out. Uh, Cover Girls is coming up next, Inshallah. Salaam alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Mom, so how you been? Mashallah, doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing bad, you know. I was I was glad to hear that you wanted to have a little have a little meet with me, inshallah. I did. That's why I got the security over here, you know what I mean, so we wouldn't be alone, have a third party. I'm doing that. Um, so uh, what you looking for in a husband? <laughs> well, I mean I'm pretty much looking for what almost any woman is looking for. You know, uh, I believe most sisters are looking for a protector, a provider. Um, someone who's going to come home at night, and most important, someone who's going to hold my hand and walk me through the gates of paradise. Hey, you know we Muslim? Look at you, look What's going on, though? It's kind of hoping y'all told us, right? And we don't see y'all around the mass theaters, but... Hey, man, I ain't even been going to the mass theaters oh, lately, man. man. We just been out here. I guess you all know you're thin and I ain't on mine. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Allah. Everybody's happy. Now, so we're going to end the show. Inshallah. And the next show that we will have will be tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Please get other Muslims to tune in. And tune in yourself, inshallah. God bless you. And we turn our souls back to our body for Salat to Fajr. Allahumma amin. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sallam. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.